0: A nature-filled place between escapist fantasy and self-care.
1: Today, we are talking about Cottagecore. I'm Chaz, he's Brett, and this is The Furious Curious. Mm -hmm. So Cottagecore, Britain. Yes. Also known... Under the name Farm Core or Country Core, is an aesthetic inspired by a romanticized interpretation of agricultural life. It's a niche aesthetic based around the visual culture of an idealized life on a Western farm. Common themes include sustainability, gardens, farm animals, rural living, and nature.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, also, I've heard uh, cottage, core, cottage core is compared to the aesthetics such as Grandma Core. Uh, which seeks to invoke a similar sense of nostalgia it also uh similar to nature core honey core and warm core i feel like we could do a whole core series if we wanted to but i think cottage core is the the more purveyor, the more popular one the more trending one as we've as we've come to understand
1: no indeed and and i guess the the genesis of us talking about this today is the fact that it has absolutely exploded on tiktok the hashtag cottage core has 115.6 million views oh my gosh. various spin-offs uh, it's like you know, hashtag Cottagecore check, and hashtag Dark Cottagecore with a, a litany of other views as well. So it has become somewhat of a cultural phenomena, which is why we're talking about it now. But well,
0: Cottagecore check, what does that mean?
1: Um, I, I just think you know, it's like like perhaps heat check, you know, just in, in the vernacular of the day. It's like, oh, you know, vibe check. The, the oh, way. I see. So you had you had some thoughts in terms of the the why why it's been on the rise in in the environment that we're currently living in.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the this interest in nature filled this nature filled dream world uh, has risen during the quarantine. I feel like this has been parallel with the quarantine, that that uptick. And then, you know, cottage core content like you not only on TikTok but on Tumblr, which is the other, you know, place that really houses a lot of this content. 541% spike in likes. 541% in spikes or in, in, in likes, spike in likes. So that's insane. So then New York Times started to pick this up and they reported that cottage court is, quote, this budding aesthetic movement where tropes of rural self-sufficiency converge with dainty decor to create an exceptionally twee distillation of, of a pastoral existence. Um, it also goes on to say both minimalism and cottage court are wholly unrealistic depictions of life, so filtered by perfection that they are not possible to reproduce in real life. Thank, thank you for telling me what I can and cannot do, New York Times. I appreciate that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, good. Okay, well, uh, yeah, there you go. The Oracle, the New York Times. Keep going. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's it's interesting what what the day to day, I guess, the nuts and bolts yeah. of of Call mean, and largely it's sort of the documentation of these things uploaded to TikTok, Instagram, and what have you, Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um, largely documenting this, you know things like baking, gardening, reading, farm animals, and picnics. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we see sort of ornate vintage style, like, you know, ornaments, you know, uh, teapots, china plates, and what have you, other antique type furniture, you know, people baking vegan cupcakes and sharing recipes for homemade um, strawberry milk, you know. And (laughs) and, and I thought it's it's kind of bizarre, you know, really runs the gamut. That sounds great. T- Teen Vogue actually also had a, an interesting take on it. They didn't describe it. They described it as not just a fashion subculture, but an idealized lifestyle that goes hand in hand with the floor-sweeping prairie dresses and quilted jackets, knitting, crocheting, baking, and sewing are some of the activities of cottagecore. So, mm-hmm. you know, you had a take on, and, and, and this is sort of coming up a bit, this idea of an you know, Nintendo has a game called Animal Crossing, which uh, is often compared to Cottagecore. Do you want to expand mm-hmm. on that
0: around that? Yeah, and I haven't played this, so you know, I hope if we say something wrong about it, please correct us, everybody. But that's kind of the first like thing that arrived on in in this kind of culture. It was I, my understanding is, and I should, I should I should know more about this, but Animal Crossing is a game on Nintendo and kind of depicts Cottagecore? That's how I understand it.
1: Yeah, it does. It's almost done, like I had a brief sort of look as to how it looked like. It, it was a sort of a combination of, it seemed like a cross between, um, you know, The Sims as well as you know, yeah, Handy, exactly. Man- oh, Handy Manny, which was sort of like a, a Disney Channel cartoon I remember my kid watched when she was a tiny kid. Basically an idealized, idyllic. Version of the world where people are self-sufficient, everyone gets along with each other. I don't want to say it's anti-technology, but it it certainly minimizes the role of technology in the world. Mm. And I just it, it it seemed to be you know filling that need that the world is you know for better or worse moving towards greater reliance upon technology. And some people view that as being becoming a technological dystopia. So this is, I guess, a a course correction or, or away from that inexorable movement
0: yeah it's this is this kind of antithesis of a digital city life right you know it counters that trend it bucks that trend it goes right against it
1: it, it really does so so i'd love you to talk about uh the who 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 is doing this brett mostly
0: i think it's the it's gen z people in their 20s that's i think that's really interesting so what you and i were talking about how that's the first generation and i know you and i in in work we've we get to do a lot of ad work for the gen z audience right so we we've we've kind of learned about them and what we have understood is they are kind of that first generation that's a digital a digital native right
1: indeed it, it's it's kind of hard to believe because they they you know you and i being of the same age we can remember you know we're often characterized as cusp, millennial cuspers or or zennials mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is characterized as analog childhood digital adolescence but you know again we were sort of 14 and onwards until the internet really kicked into full swing these yep. people simply do not know a world without google they do not know right. what a phone a, a phone booth is in the street they don't know what the yellow page is. you know everything is done they, they don't know what it means to buy an album and to read the the cd the cd right. lining the cover right, right so right. i guess We are talking about a generation that has been starved of any type of physical artifacts, for better or worse. You know, like there are good elements and bad elements of that. But I do think a rejection or at least a minimization of the reliance upon the digital world, as well as cultivating tactile, meaningful things makes it um, makes it pretty appealing to people who did not grow up with that.
0: I think moreover on that is uh, a lot of teens, uh, LGBTQ plus teens, uh, for example, who are among the most avid participants in the online cottagecore community. I find that really, really interesting.
1: No, I do. And I think just that's a nice segue into what has uh, another cultural phen- phenomenon in the last couple of years is it looks like it's spelled Higa, but it's pronounced Huga. That's Mm -hmm. H-Y-G-G-E. It's a Danish... uh, Yeah, (laughs) indeed. It's a a Danish and Norwegian word for a a mood of coziness and comfortable conviviality with feelings of wellness and contentment. Now, this really spiked sort of around 2016. There was a couple of books around this. It was basically Mm -hmm. around enjoying the coziness of living in home, seeking fulfillment in the day-to-day of being at home and being close to loved ones and, and finding meaning in that as opposed to, you know, the, a generation that was characterized by FOMO, and fear of missing out, mm-hmm. being out mm-hmm. about. and mm-hmm. so much that... Um, in 2016 the collins english dictionary named hugger mm. the runner up after brexit as the word of the year now we all know certainly certainly in the west how much we well, certainly all over the world how much we heard about brexit in that year so the fact that hugger mm. was was the runner up to that definitely precipitated what we're seeing in the uh, the cottage core i guess explosion online so
0: hugger uh, is essentially that same core sentiment as cottagecore you think it's it satisfies the same deep psychological need for coziness simplicity escapism right
1: i i agree with that i would say they're, they're close cousins they're probably first cousins and for, for me i think hygge feels closer to minimalism than it does cottagecore even though i guess mm-hmm. the the ethos behind each of them or the impetus for each of them remains pretty close uh, I feel like there is less uh, less kitschiness in hugger versus cottage core. Mm. I feel like mm-hmm. cottage core is more of a statement. It's almost like go- like almost a like golden age nostalgia, you know. Like yeah. I, I've, I've seen some of the some of the discussions around uh, you know dressing like a quote unquote trad wife, which I believe is the terminology, without the sort of um, you know. <laughs> Uh, dated worldviews of wearing that kind of garb represents, you know, back in the day, sort of like a prairie style dress. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's it's definitely a it's a progressive movement. So it, it's certainly threading a lot of needles, but which, which makes it certainly pretty interesting, especially given that TikTok is the platform. That uh, launch. I think the what's interesting is
0: when you say it's it's a progressive movement, but really the at least the aesthetics and the lifestyle is quite conservative, actually, on the surface.
1: It, it is. It, it really is. Yeah, to look at it, it appears that way. It almost appears, you know, a little bit almost Amish. Right. But at the same time, it it does. I think it is more cultivating that appearance and as much as sort of uh, living that minimalistic. Uh, you know, cosy way of living. Patron saints of cottage. Yeah, court. what's your take?
0: Oh man, I mean, I was thinking about I was thinking about all all the all the patron saints that really idealized this before it was even a term, right? So you know, we talk about we talked about in the past, like you know Jerry Seinfeld, right? Jerry Seinfeld was the patron saint of Normcore. He wasn't necessarily he didn't know about Normcore. Normcore didn't exist yet. But I'm thinking like the patron saints, you know, David Henry Thoreau, right? I think Walden, that book. I'm just thinking of the of these things that are really express the sentiment of Cottagecore before it was even a thing. I think the stories like Little Women, Snow White, The Brothers Grimm, Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh man, Sound of Music, Call Me By Your Name, that movie. Anne of Green Gables, Tuck Everlasting, Pride and Prejudice even. And then of course, my favorite, Prairie Home Companion. Uh, there was a show, Chuck, do you remember that show? It was in the 80s, I think, or the early 90s. And it was like country living... It was the, the oh, little house the, on the
1: prairie
0: little house on the prairie. <laughs> I would consider that cottage core.
1: Yeah, look, I, I would as well. And you know what, just as you were talking then, and and she probably would not self identify as a cottage core devotee, but I do think someone like Gwyneth Paltrow with her goop empire.
0: Oh yeah. Did goop.
1: help inspire this because it is oh, the yeah. focus on, you know, self care, at the yep. forefront, even someone like like Brene Brown, um, yep. reconnecting with your own vulnerability. Um, yeah. Whether they are sort of card carrying uh, cottage corers remains to be seen. But they definitely the the impetus for that, and and I guess the ethos behind it is definitely very um you know, very present throughout.
0: That's totally makes sense now that you say that. In fact, there's a goop r- my wife and I walked uh we live we live in San Francisco. There's a goop kind of close to where we live and um we walked by it and I didn't know it was a Gwyneth Paltrow's thing and my wife's like, "Oh yeah, you know, this is this is Gwyneth's new store." And so we walked in and now you say that. That that is cottage core in the most realized probably more maybe more adult version, but yeah. It, it it satisfies that same need of the things we were talking about some familiarity self-care simple living yeah so goop yeah have you been in there chuck
1: i i've been into a pop-up or two um i know that she you know, made some headlines with a particularly bizarrely oh, flavored the ads. yeah some of the ads have been a little weird Um, I mean, she she's copped a lot of heat for being a little Tom Brady esque with her um, selling junk science to the gullible a little bit, but you know, oh. not you know, not throwing Gwyneth under the bus here. I'm sure she does. she's doing a lot of nice things. I've heard positive reviews. I heard some things are a little questionable and a little. Woo woo, but at the same time I think it's it's been a largely a positive influence on on the mental well being of, of a lot of people. So I just want to move on to what is it not? It, so we've just defined it in a range of different ways. What is cottage core not in your mind?
0: Yeah, this is hard because is it kind of the yen to to minimalism? I don't know. Like it's not maximalist. It's simple, but it's not it's not intentionally a reductionist mentality, right? So I don't know I don't know if it's necessarily I don't know if it's necessarily it's definitely not minimalism. It's it doesn't it doesn't have that air of reduction, just the bare minimum. A cartridge core lifestyle could actually have a lot of stuff in it. So I yeah. don't think it's minimalism. Faux Amish. You know, I don't know enough about the Amish to really know really what that difference is. I think obviously the Amish are, you know, their lifestyle is 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 entirely based on Christian living as they define it, and so that that looks very different than what I'm seeing here. Um, You know, what I know about the Amish is they're um, they're incredibly hardworking people who are really good with very crafty, value physical labor. I don't know if that's necessarily the thing Cottage Core is after. No, uh, I, I yeah. agree.
1: I, I totally agree with you. I, I don't think they're similar. I mean, and Amish is sort of um a, a very choiceful around the way they use technology, and I think there's an element of that within Cottage Core. Where you see where there's a slight crossover is so I, I know there was like a tabletop loom where someone was using an old wooden loom to you know weave a a rug uh, on, on their table like that. That feels like an Amish type behavior, even though I guess they they're borrowing certain behaviors from the Amish, but coming from a, a philosophical a philosophically different place. So move, moving on to uh, the sonic embodiment, which song or sound best represents Cottagecore to you?
0: Crickets in the forest. Just something, something very simple, I, and I'm actually saying this from living in the woods, literally right now. So I'm picking up on some of this cottagecore. In like the most real terms. Also, there's a there's a song that I learned in elementary school, which I found out later is is a, a religious song. But 'tis a gift to be simple, I think is what it's called. It's this, it's this hymn that basically just talks about the gift of simple living. Um, and maybe that is more minimal, but like it, it it is coined as kind of a prairie, maybe even an Amish Pennsylvania Dutch type of thing but it talks about this gift of simple living. And I, for some reason, even though it's probably right not on the nose, that's what I think about when I think about cottagecore.
1: I mean, I just scrolling through the variety of um, TikTok videos, seeing it earlier, and they, they've, all, they've got a, it's almost like the COVID response ads, like, you know, starts with the, some slow piano playing. A lot of these almost feel folksy. Oh, yeah. they, they feel sort of Dylan-esque. They feel bluegrass. You know, there, there's a, some white stripe songs. There's a beautiful um, Dolly Parton song that she did with Amy Lou Harris and Linda Rotstad, which is called uh, Wildflowers. But I think the, the song for me, which was great, is this um, I think it's Udalali, which is the first song of Disney's 1973 animated feature film, Robin Hood by, sung by mm-hmm. Alan A. Dale. And if you get it, there's just that folksy optimism. There's an earthiness to it. There's a, a want to reconnect with the woods and get outside and enjoy life. And it it's quite charming, but I think it it feels appropriate for Cottagecore in my mind.
0: Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. oodle lolly oodle lolly golly, what a day. You know, it's interesting. It seems like this is a majority women, right, that are part of this lifestyle i find that fascinating as to why but i feel like the if you had a stereotypical male version i remember that that portlandia skit fred armerson he like in one of the in one of the sketches he's like this kind of like kind of cottagecore dude like who knows how to make chairs right who's like Mm -hmm. who knows how to work with wood and it like it's such a turn-on for like all these like women in portland and then it finds out then it turns out like he's actually doesn't know how to make anything at all but i feel like that's kind of like the, the male version of cottage core, right? Like I loving the idea of being able to like make a chair or <laughs> make a table, you know, like I think about my, my cousin, my cousin, my cousin is he had a tree fall in his yard one day and he turned it into furniture the next day.
1: I guess that raises a, a more important question. If a tree falls in the yard and there's no one there to hear it, did it ever really fall at all?
0: no, it turned into furniture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to know that.
0: So that, so that's just, I don't know that I'm kind of interested as to why that, why that is, um, you know, you said the communal aspect, men, it sounds like men are not as social as, as women in general. Of course, guys, everybody, guys and girls, we are speaking in generalities and observations, our personal observations, you know, maybe that is it. So anyway, I'm just I'm kind of interested. So Chuck, what would be? So we talked about, you know, floral dresses that sweep the floors. What would the male garb be for cottage core? Oh, it's interesting.
1: Uh, you know, just looking at, I guess, the female aesthetic and there's that um, what's that uh there's that women's store? It's sort of like a, a anthropology. And and if you look at some of the the artwork, some of the ornaments, some of the, you know, the shabby chic vibe that comes out of that,
0: mm-hmm. I do
1: feel like there is a, a similar type of sensibility. I don't want to say like a like a Woodstock '70s vibe, but th- th- there's definitely sort of a throwback, earthy. Uh, it's not hippie either. Overalls. Yeah, a, a little bit, sort of a, a minimalistic hipster meets Mumford and Sons meets a carpenter, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's pur- purposeful, purposefully dressed at the same time, not. You know, with a reduction of the extraneous crap, right? So it's just it's it'd be hard to describe. I'm trying to think of what the what a sartorial icon would be. I mean, I don't know why this jumps out to me. Gary Clark Jr., the the blues musician. He, you know, just with his interesting sort of felt hats and his scarves, he almost feels like a, a modern day sort of a Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix type of vibe. When I think of a cottage core person you know like he's got a handmade sort of leather boots so it's mm-hmm. not exactly like he's slumming it but his stuff feels very timeless and choiceful and long-lasting and and, in, and enduring frankly stylistically so you sort of threw a bit of a curveball at me on that one man uh, <laughs> what, what's what's your take
0: my wife and i were jogging on this road and it said fresh eggs to the right fresh organic eggs to the right and we were like okay So we went over there and we said hey we're here for the eggs well eggs weren't there yet but we have all this bread we have all this spinach so we got a bunch of spinach but the guy who was talking with us was in overalls and i was like those overalls look so comfortable i really want to start wearing overalls like i'm i'm getting to that point in my life where belts aren't a comfortable prospect
1: it's a slippery slope i mean (laughs) out of the gate you can be wearing Dickie's overalls, and then two weeks later, you're wearing a muumuu designed for a 350-pound woman, like Leo Uh DiCaprio's mother in What's It in Gilbert Grape. I'm just saying just be careful, my friend, because Mm. if you give in to comfort, that is a severe choice that you have made, and you're going to have to live with the consequences (laughs) going forward. Just an FYI, as someone who cares about you, just be careful. The problem is I, I do think that that is a temptation that a lot of people will give into in, you know, post, post shelter in place. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have to go into the office. The idea of shopping for shoes, which we don't necessarily wear, uh, has is, is gone away. Other forms of fashion. I've had it just as a random aside, I've bought more color. I bought colorful hats. I bought mm. colorful t-shirts that I wouldn't have ordinarily bought. Yeah. Maybe you're rocking some mega- purple, right purple right now. Yeah, maybe it's bringing it out of me. I'm not really sure.
0: I love the purple. Purple's <laughs> Thanks, great. bro. Yeah, that looks good.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. So, But I digress. So just uh, let's, let's move on to the five reasons why. And you know what? I've yeah. got six reasons why because uh, Ooh, I'm sure some of them the rules. Sort of overlap. But I wanted to jump into the the five reasons why we believe Cottage Call cool came to be. And mm-hmm. the number one reason I think is, well, there's several, but the first reason is that it's tactile. And yep. in a generation that grew up with no physical artifacts, there's a tangible nature to Cottagecore. They didn't grow up reading album covers. They didn't grow up having a lot of things. A lot of the stuff was on digital platforms that were sort of ephemeral and, and never. They never owned the tangible, I guess, item. So mm-hmm. that that's the first reason why that Cottagecore feels like a very tangible expression of things that they hold important. Have you got any take on that?
0: It's it's interesting because I agree. And it, appro- it proves to me that as humans, we need tangible things, right? Yeah. Like we, even if we haven't, it, and it's not like you and I, it's like, oh, we used to have CDs, but now we don't have CDs anymore. Oh man, we miss CDs. That's one thing. But this is like, I've grown up in the internet age. I'm a digital native. I've never had an analog existence. And I want to have tangible things. Like it makes, it makes you realize that like, We're not told to like that. We're not told to want that. We're kind of like innately tangible creatures and we want to own tangible things because they're more real. So I totally agree with that. I think there's something very profound there actually.
1: No, totally. And in a digital way, even things like um, handwritten notes, right? these kinds of things, stationary, these kinds of things have gone by the wayside, but in a world where we communicate through digital inboxes or text messages or whatever else, uh, a handwritten note can be a feel like a revolutionary, you know, or monumental act. Oh yeah, and and, and it, I just it, that I heard that quote once. I thought, wow, that is so true because we just most of the mail we get is just catalogs or bank statements that we already get online. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting a personal note uh, feels like so, you know t- it warms the cockles of the heart as well as the subcockle regions. Um. So, <laughs> so number two, the number two reason why is that it's telegetic let's face it cottagecore looks great on a screen it's eye candy mm. it's made to be photographed and filmed whether it's baking a cake sewing a rug you know getting a sourdough starter up and running you know harvesting you know fresh organic vegetables in your backyard these kinds of things look good and they sort of demand to be captured on on a device you know documented for the world so i the number two reason i think is telegenic
0: have you got any thoughts on that yeah it's like totally TikTokable and instagramable right it's colorful Indeed. Um, very colorful
1: yeah so number three reason i'm going to say it's elusive and i'm quoting mm. amelia hall in the garden which is i think is a really appropriate quote we revere what we can't have and today that looks a lot like what cottagecore celebrates a taste of nature the human hand and an aesthetic that soothes us to our very core visual asmr Hmm. and i think there's something quite primal about that it's sort of it speaks to that there's something intoxicating around the way it's documented and that it's not easily accessible in an urban digital environment
0: you got any thoughts on that it'll be interesting to see with this cultural wave of employers being more accepting to work remotely and maybe even work remotely indefinitely that some gen zers who have a and I don't think maybe they have the money to do this yet again being general will we see a movement to the to the country right you know we over over the past i don't know decade or so or maybe more we've seen the trend to more people are moving into the cities and living into the cities and i know there's there's kind of that ebb and flow you know we talk about there was a whole epic movement of white people moving you know white flight as they call that like moving to the suburbs right but like is this with this new appropriation of being able to work from anywhere right will people start to actually look at that and say hey you know i don't need to live in a one bedroom box for a couple yep. thousand dollars a month. Like I actually want to go, like, I want to live out in the country and do that and live that. I'll be interested to see if we start to see maybe less tentacles pulling at us yep. to stay in the cities. Are we actually going to see people start to put their money where their mouth is? Or is this dream going to become a reality for some. For some people,
1: that's it's really interesting that you bring that up. And I I think, you know, he wasn't a great man. But this quote that's quoted a lot at the moment, and I'm going to paraphrase it. It was Vladimir Ilyich Lenin said something like, in some decades, nothing happens. But then in a few weeks, sometimes decades happen. Wow. And people are quoting that a lot as it relates to uh, COVID-19. Because as you described that, Britt, these movements were brewing for a while and it only took the inflection point of something like COVID happening mm-hmm. for something like Cottagecore to get the shot in the arm that it needs to actually launch it into sort of the mainstream as well as the cultural consciousness. So I, yeah. I do think, you know, the timing has played a, a certain role in that. So that's, that's certainly appropriate so the number four Mm. reason why i'm going to say slow living now Mm. the pace of modern life has been quickening for a while you know we have on-demand streaming we have fast fashion we have food delivery with one touch you know cottagecore really is a rejection of the fast and the celebration of the slow Mm -hmm. and it feels like be in the moment be mindful uh be choiceful around what you consume uh the the things that you have the actions that you take i feel like it's a celebration of that slow living in an environment that's becoming increasingly fast-paced. That makes cottagecore so appealing.
0: Yeah, there's there's actually a book about this that just came to my mind called "Chasing Slow." Um, mm-hmm. I follow this guy, uh, Josh Becker. Uh, he has a blog called "Becoming Minimalist." I found I've absolutely loved that. It's taught me a lot. But he recommends books sometimes, and "Chasing Slow" is one of those books. I think it it is. It surrounds this sentiment of in this age of fast everything just rejecting that and and taking time to do things that matter more uh, that's kind of a you know that is a minimalist uh principle but it's also yeah. i think a cottage core principle as well and celebrating like you said the celebration of the slow i think that i think that is that is right and i i just find that very refreshing and i think people are starting to wake up to the fact that more is not always better and i think yeah. in in this age of th- the amount of demands that are now put on us more and more and more this just seems like a rejection, like you said, a rejection of the fast and the and the celebration of the slow. And I think, I think we're hitting a tipping point with that. I think with work and work demands, technology demands, more things that we have to do, more things that cloud our consciousness, you, we're going to start to see the rejection of that manifest itself in different ways. And I think cottage core is just one of those expressions.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree more. So the number five reason why I, I have the fact that it's wholesome. Now, in an environment where anything goes, you know, the, the FOMO youth culture of going out and partying and whether it's Coachella, whether it's, you know, going out to bars, just, you know, music festivals in general, um, social media in general, there's a certain, um, I don't want to say tawdry nature to it, but there's an exhibitionist, there's an, you know, a, a narcissism to it, you know, there is a certain wholesomeness to Cottagecore about reconnecting mm. with what truly matters and also mm-hmm. not... Yep you know, um, assuaging or, or, or getting over the, uh, the FOMO and just embracing what it means to live a meaningful, cozy, interesting life with, you know, carefully chosen artifacts that you really enjoy that bring you great joy. And so that's why I'm calling it wholesome. You, You have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. This desire for authenticity. I think though the weird rub for me is that is this just another just another way to communicate a way of living that you're not actually doing like does it have the aesthetics the veneer of authenticity but it's it's not any of that at all is it really a status thing is it becoming that? Like, is it kind of like that? Like for minimalism, for a lot of people. And I think, like, is it a real piece of antique furniture, or is it is it something you bought at the Pottery Barn that looks antique? Is it the real thing? That's the rub. The fact that it's on TikTok, it's such a huge presence on TikTok, confuses me because I, I think cottage core is at its core. I think part of a a return to authenticity, but to to be authentic, why do you need to always communicate that or 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 somehow put a front? And, and express that to the world i don't know there's a weird tension in there i can't quite find but that's i don't know that's my thought
1: yeah well, well i do think the youthful the the cottagecore audience or i guess exponents of cottagecore are often young they are you know as we talked about digital natives so maybe mm-hmm. this is their sort of their natural state their, their their natural state is not to just experiencing something and be happy with that they live in a constant state of documentation you know, yeah. their whole lives live online. So it's more like a deviation from the, I guess, vapid partying narcissism and no judgment there. We've all done it at various stages of our life. I'm just saying it's mm-hmm. it's more of like a left turn from that. It's like, oh, guess yeah. what? There are other, uh, uh, just because we're young doesn't mean we have to go and get hammered on a, you know, on a weekend. We <laughs> can do these sort of home homely, you know, cozy type endeavours which we find as fulfilling, which almost feel sort of a little more mature and a little more, a little more fulfilling, frankly. So, um, so just on that number five, uh, sorry, number six reasons why I'm going to say coziness is queen. (laughs) I mean, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, coziness is queen. So, you know, when you think of cultural awareness around mental health, uh, self care, these things are in, in the zeitgeist more than, more than ever before. And, it feels like the sensibility of cottagecore has that at its heart. It's not just doing these things because they're kind of fun or they look cool. It's that you know you become um, you know y- you enjoy it. They they are fulfilling. They're be- they're better for your well being than other ways, other forms of dealing with stress. And that coziness really is, I guess, the the straw that stirs the drink. Uh,
0: Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think my guess is knitting is a form of meditation.
1: Sure. (laughs) It it really is. I I couldn't agree more. So just on that, I think just to recap the six reasons why we believe cottagecore is tactile, telegenic, it's elusive, it celebrates slow living, it's a wholesome endeavor, and it celebrates the fact that coziness is queen. So any unlike, unlike
0: you chuck because chuck you like the fast life
1: right i do i like the yeah. nightlife, baby
0: loves the nightlife
1: uh, baby uh so you had some thoughts Brett, in terms of uh a request to
0: our audience yeah so uh we, we, we i do have a question here just popped up let's see lily lunar lemon asks chuck would you ever consider suspenders since they are more comfortable so that's at you no.
1: Lily, um, that, that's, that's a good question. And it's funny, I, I really dropped the ball on what a, a man, a cottage core sartorial icon would wear, perhaps would, would fit within that, uh, that wheelhouse. Look, I would, I, it would be hard to do without looking like I'm joking, <laughs> like I'm a pretty sort of utilitarian kind of dresser. And if I walked in there, it might inspire a few so- sideward glances. And people knowing my personality would say, Are you having a laugh? sport. So Mm -hmm. yeah, look, I'm open to anything, uh, especially if it's comfortable, but I don't know if I could do it with any degree of credibility. Suspenders. uh, Thank
0: you. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for the question, Lily and and keep them coming.
0: Suspenders under the shirt, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd like the cold steel pressed up against the pecs. Uh, I don't know, especially on a cold day. I, I I don't know how comfortable that would be. Yeah, but we'll see. Maybe if I'm wearing like a long johns underneath. But you know, we're getting a little Midwest right now.
0: Um, so then, so, there's a follow. I have a follow up question for you. Do they have? Sure. It, are there overalls or overalls an item of clothing that exists in parts of Australia or is this a distinctly Americana American? phenomenon
1: no I, I think they're they've been around for a long time you know i think farmers and especially people who you know like mechanics uh who require a degree of protection a degree of uh body you know body coverage that allows them to sort of work with their hands and work in the field i, I think there is a certainly an evergreen appeal of overall so growing up I you know i just always associate them with guys who work on, on cars and look. let's face it they're kind of a good look um again similar with the suspenders uh, they're not necessarily my cup of tea i wouldn't rule it out i uh, never say never and i'm sure i'll be buying some right after this but thank you for the question though breton yeah car yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dickies guy i, I do like my ah, dickies yes <laughs> gotcha.
0: gotcha.
1: So, if you would like yeah. to, for us to cover a specific cultural phenomenon, you know, follow you can follow us at us on Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere where you get podcasts. Uh, but you have been listening to the Furious Curious, hosted and produced by me, Charlie Quirk, and my esteemed colleague Britton Rice. But until next time, stay curious. Out.